Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Oh my God, that's a very good question. Uh, okay, let me think about it for a second. I have to think. I can put on my little thinking cap. I can't see. When was the last time I used a condom? Um, let's see. 13 divided by 2, carry the 1. Yeah, I have no clue. I, I mean, it's been years and years and years. Like, I haven't used a condom in so long. I mean, what the fuck do you think this is? Like, 1992? Nobody uses condoms anymore, right? This show is called My Gay Expose Podcast for a very strategic reason. Each and every week, I bring to you a different topic of conversation that we all have at least once in our lives, maybe experienced or watched on TV or a movie or some shit like that. And whether or not you've actually experienced some of the things that I regularly talk about on this show, well, that's neither here nor there. Because after all, this show is called My Gay Expose Podcast. And Honestly, riding on the coattails of all of the success of this show, I'd like to think that I'm doing something totally right because the numbers just continue to blow through the roof and I'm getting all kinds of praise, adoration, and just, I'm just reveling in that moment of just loving like all of the attention because as you know, I am a full-on attention whore. But here's the thing, you guys. Recently, I've collected a few messages from some specific people from other parts of the world who've actually chimed in and really just not understood some of the things that I've talked about on this show that to me seems so common, so normal, and so part of my regular everyday routine that when they ask these specific questions about like the normalcy of getting so many STDs, for example, I have to take a step back and realize, am, am I just a little too over the top? Or is it this cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble that I live in? Am, and am I oblivious to the fact that maybe there's people outside of this little gay bubble that don't really identify with some of the shit that I'm talking about? So sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill and Let's explore what it actually means to live a gay in the life of Ronnie living in this cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble. And is this shit really normal?
now listening to My Gay Expose Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host. Popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Ronnie Washburn here, and welcome back to the show that hopes that you make it a part of your regular, everyday scheduled routine, My Gay Expose podcast. And on this week's expose, we evaluate what exactly it means to live in a cute, cozy, San Francisco gay bubble. And is the stuff that I talk about on this show on a regular basis really that extreme? Or is it just really like eh, a Tuesday? So I asked a few of my strictly San Francisco friends this week on the Your Gay Expose segment if there was an aspect of their life that they felt they did on a regular gay basis that they felt somebody who, you know, maybe lives in Omaha, Nebraska, might not fully understand. And let's get to the bottom of this and find out if the success of my show is because I'm so bold, blunt, and over-sexualized, or if it's because you guys are full-on shocked by all the shit that comes out of my mouth so easily and candidly and, like, normally. But before we actually check in for that doctor's appointment to get a puppy shot, because, well, you just found out that you got gonorrhea again, and then it just so happens to be the nurse that gave you your puppy shot just weeks ago. And what are the fucking odds of that? First, let's hop into this week's re-expose. Welcome to this week's re-expose, the segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over R. Just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, or once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, oh my fucking God, what the fuck was I trying to even say there? Oh God, what a mess. That definitely merits a (laughs) re-expose. You guys, lots and lots of fucking messages about last week's episode. I fucking love it. You know, I haven't really revealed that I currently work in the restaurant industry up to this point in this series. So it really sort of just, I think a lot of people were sort of shocked that I would actually do something like this for my line of work. One person actually chimed in and and said that they thought that I strictly did just the podcasting alone for like actual work. They had no clue that I would work outside of something of this magnitude. (laughs) And trust me, I wish that was the case and it will be one day. But for now, 
I'm subject to all of these Karens who try to come and manipulate the system. And several people actually in the industry chimed in saying that they just fully understood each and every one of the episodes and even situations that I described in the episode. And you know, you guys, that was the goal of last week. I just wanted you all to know the sheer torture that many people put us through and the shit that we have to actually put up with while biting our lips. But I'm actually put in a situation now where I no longer have to bite my lip any more. One person actually messaged me and asked that if the owner of the restaurant knew that I was actually saying these things to people, what would how would he react? And to, to be honest with you, the owner of the restaurant is super chill, super cool. And truth be told, I know I'm well enough to know that he would 1000% back me up, like for sure. And again, all of these situations and scenarios are just subject to being handpicked for this specific episode. They're not something I do regularly and they don't really occur that often, of course. But, you know, you have to actually defend yourself when people are actually acting up and being that Karen. And funny enough, after this last week's episode debuted, I actually had another run-in with a fucking Karen who actually came in and stated that multiple people were joining them and that they wanted to sit now and start you know, drinking coffee. And then when I basically told her that she couldn't, and then she had to wait for the rest of her party, then suddenly her tune just blatantly changed to, oh, okay, well, it's just two then, and then we want to start ordering stuff. And I looked at her and said, okay, so you're actually going to order food. And then she said, well, yes, what else would we order? And she totally had this attitude. And I walked back to the back part of the restaurant and I told my coworker, I was like, I swear to God, this shit is just happening to me because I just literally fucking published this goddamn episode. I have this weird feeling that someone out there in the universe is trying to fuck me over. (laughs) And this bitch sat down and of course, two other people joined her and I just left it alone and I just decided to let it go and just go about our day because we were really short staffed this specific day. But then at the very tail end of like, her experience after she was leaving the restroom. She like propped up on the counter in between two customers who were eating at the counter and said, hey, just to let you know, I just wanted you to know that I honestly didn't know if those people were going to come. I, I I just want you to know that I honestly, I didn't know they were going to come. And I looked at her and I said, no, that's not true. You actually walked in stating as you walked in, that you knew your people were coming and that you didn't care that on the whiteboard, it says that you have to wait for the rest of them to come and you were just being Karen and sitting and doing what you wanted anyway. And I'm just going to be honest, if you come in with that mentality again, the experience might not be done the way it was in the same way, just to let you know. And she looked at me and said, oh my God, I can't believe that's the response you had. And she just like got up and started walking away. And I waved my hand at her while the other two customers at the counter were looking at me. And I said, bye, Karen. (laughs) Swear to fucking God. And you guys, both customers just started laughing. They just knew that she was just that person. It was just so obvious. So that being said, if you ever cross me in any sort of a restaurant environment, just know that Karens are not welcome when Ronnie Washburn is working. And one last thing before we segue into the rest of this week's expose. I just want to remind you, you guys, 
June is vastly approaching. So that means two things in specific. The first is we're about to hit Pride Month. So go to Bossy Power Bottom Wear and pick out your piece for your next upcoming gay or pride event at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. You could also find it on MyGayExposePodcast.com. But you get, you guys, you got to get ahead of the game because I have a feeling that the closer we get to pride season, that shit's going to sell out. It's already going so well, and I'm so excited. So get your shit in now. So RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. And then one last thing before we segue, and again, because we are talking about June, it's the eighth life cycle event that I will be participating in once again. And so you guys, listen, I fucking need your help. I need to raise at least $5,000 and I, I'm not really quite there just yet. So when you get the chance, please, by all means, help me donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. Links in this week's expose's show notes, links in all of my social media bios, links in all of my websites. If pretty much if you just Google Ronnie Washburn, you can find a way to donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. we get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation that just so happens to have a why the fuck do you think that's so extreme uh, that's really just so very normal themed undertone first let's get your gay expose and this week i actually instead of reaching out to you the listeners simply ask only my San Francisco gay friends, what is it about your everyday regular routine that you might think is normal, but someone outside of this cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble might find the far opposite of normal? So let's get those responses now, and let's find out if I'm actually as crazy as you guys all think. says, I know this might be the little city that I came from coming out, but I was so shocked when I first moved to San Francisco and realized that everyone that I was surrounded by is just so open and casual about their drug use. I mean, smoking pot in the public streets, going into the bathroom of any gay club or bar and doing lines of coke. I just couldn't believe that people were just offering it as if it was just like a mint in your bag. Daniel says, naked people walking down the street. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I get that from an outside perspective looking in, but I'm just so beyond numbed by the idea of naked people walking down the street. And we'll actually talk about this later on, a little bit more in depth in this week's expose. Kevin says, taking my Truvada pill each and every day, I would say, is something that I do without even thinking sometimes on a regular basis. But people outside of a city such as San Francisco probably don't 
understand, and in most cases, they don't even know what PrEP is. Keshev says, from the perspective of someone new to the city, it appears that condomless sex is the norm here. I know the introduction of PrEP has influenced this somewhat, but back in Orlando, where I'm from, even after PrEP, condoms, in my personal experience, were still used in conjunction with other preventative measures. And Keshev, by the way, welcome to the city. <laughs> this is one of my newest friends that I've recently made, and he's a lot of fucking fun. But yes, condomless sex, like, con- like we don't do condoms here. Like, it's you're about to find out that real truth that if you're not on prep, you better get on it soon because not one guy in San Francisco will have sex with a condom. Kyle says, public nudity and jerking off in the streets at every one of the San Francisco leather festivals. Abraham says, evading shit on the sidewalk. (laughs) Oh, God. Yes, this is very San Francisco. It's especially hard for me because I run down Market Street each and every day. And especially when I get into the slummier parts of town, I really have to like look down and not look forward because if I'm not careful, I will plop my shoe into a big pile of fucking human feces. That's right, folks. San Francisco is known to have a very hardcore (laughs) homeless population. And while it's something that I've actually gotten very fucking used to, you really do have to watch for shit like piles in front of the fucking Chanel boutique store in like the expensive shopping areas. Like this is actually a real thing. Like in, in comparison to like any other city in this world, going into the Neiman Marcus and having a huge pile of human shit in front of the main entrance is normal. As sad as that is to say, it's very San Francisco. So when you go to San Francisco, do as Abraham suggests and evade all of that shit. Porter says, I'd have to say Marshall's Beach, the beach where all the gays hang out naked and end up fooling around, sometimes in groups behind those little rock hiding crevices thingies. Okay, so just as an explanation for those not in the know, in San Francisco, we have a gay nude beach called Marshall's Beach, which it's the one nude beach where all the gays go. But there's all of these like rock structures that are hand built by, I assume, the gays at some point where you basically you just go behind them and fuck around. And so uh, it's really one of those things that you do when you're into that exhibitionist bullshit. (laughs) And I may or may not have participated a few times, but I will not confirm or deny. (laughs) Okay, so I have. (laughs) Anthony said, when I first moved to San Francisco, I was unaccustomed to the concept of an open relationship. But when I moved here and realized that like 90% of the city is in an open relationship and every single guy that you meet thinking that you potentially could date them, all they want is sex from you, it gets really hard to figure out how to date in this city. (laughs) 
Oh, girl, I have talked about that shit so many times on this show. But honestly, when I first moved here, I was thinking the same thing. But like, you know, come to find out, like, fast forward seven years later, and I found myself in my very own open relationship. And I actually really enjoyed it and wouldn't be opposed to doing the same thing again. I think it really just sort of depends on the dynamic of you and whatever guy you're seeing. But that's a whole nother episode in its self. (laughs) Yeah, very normal. Every single guy here in San Francisco, you guys, is in an open relationship. It's like kind of daunting. Marvin says, I guess the Dolores Park beach scene. It's so funny on the weekends. Some people would say to you, you live in California. Go to the fucking beach instead of laying out in the park. To us, it's normal. A tourist would never want to do that. What do you think? (laughs) I fucking love Marvin. He always asks me a question after he answers my questions. And nobody else really does that. And I appreciate it. So, But this honestly is a very real thing. For those of you who don't live in San Francisco... There's this park that's famously known as Dolores Park in, like, close to where I live, actually. And honestly, I've been there so many times. And actually, it's part of my regular run route each and every day. But there is this area that is known as the Gay Beach, where actually guys just get in their fucking thongs and speedos and just lay out and get in little huddles and do lines of blow and bring alcohol and drink and just lay out like it's a fucking goddamn beach. And when I first moved here, I had no idea why people were so into this thing because it was so outside of the mindset that I understood. But now, now I participate as often as I can because every hot guy that you ever know in the city is on the gay beach at Dolores Park. Peter said, finding out that friends of yours have just so happened to sleep with other friends of yours or guys that you are newly dating have slept with your friends. At first, I couldn't handle it, but now it's just normal. Walter says, normalizing fisting. (laughs) Oh, this is such a Walter answer. Honestly, though, it is very true. There are so many guys here that are just so fucking into fisting. Actually, truth be told, I've been with several guys who that's all they wanted to do with me is fist me. And I'm like, oh, oh God. Okay, here we go. You know, I have to say, this is really a good week for the Your Gay Expose segment because I sent this text out strategically to a few of my friends that all live in San Francisco. And aside from like one answer, I got a lot of different answers. So that was a really good collectic group of answers that you supplied for me this week and a really great way to segue into the My Gay Expose segment, which We'll hop into now that just so happens to have a I get it, but why don't you get it themed undertone. guys, listen, I wanted to take this quick time out to ask 
you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. And it makes things start happening. I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. (laughs) But you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. One of the things that I am so fucking proud of is the fact that my gay expose podcast is currently ranked number 14 of the top 100 best LGBTQ plus podcasts of all time. And you guys listen, what that means is that out of all of the LGBTQ plus podcasts out in the podcast universe, only 100 shows made the cut for this list. And so like literally I go through this list and down in like the 80s and 90s, I see shows that were out far before mine and that I looked up to for inspiration. Big shows that I just can't believe that I am far surpassing on this fucking list. It's so fucking rewarding, fulfilling, and I just, it makes me so motivated and excited to continue and move forward with this show. And I just know, regardless of how many of the haters come for me in the things that I say each and every week, that I'm doing something fucking right. And honestly, it's all about like my over-sexualized, blunt, direct, and just don't give a flying fuck about anything, personality. And I think that is the recipe of success for this show, that I just don't really give a fuck about talking about just about anything. Like, I've spilled so much personal shit about myself over the course of the last two years on this show that there's really not a whole hell of a lot to tell up to this point in my life. Like, I've pretty much said it all. And I mean, that's okay. That's me. That's my huge personality. Literally, ask any one of my closest friends. This is me. Whether you want it or not, this is me. But because I have that fucking personality, I just say it exactly like it is. Even if it makes me look something less desirable. In other words, talking about multiple situations that I've had, where I've had dirty butt sex, oopsie-daisy moments, and just not giving a fuck because it's something I know that happens all the time within the gay community, or just meeting up with a friend and actually sending them a text and saying like, hey, you want to grab a couple drinks? I have to like really quick swing by the doctor and get my puppy shot because I got gonorrhea again. Let's meet up for drinks and catch up on the week. And saying it in that way that's just so super casual is the dynamic of what it means to live in gay San Francisco. But I honestly have to say that I am meeting with an individual who I've brought up a few times on this show who actually used to work in the podcast world. And he's actually been 
very strategic in helping me maneuver through this entire My Gay Expose podcast journey and basically like holding my hand through all of the success that I've achieved up to this point and just pushing me towards the direction of even more success for the show. And I have so much shit coming up, you guys, that I'm so fucking excited to spew out to you and the world in regards to projects that I will be working on in the future that can only be something that would come from the success of this show. And stay tuned for all of that information coming soon. But because this guy is helping me and because his advice is very good advice in most cases, like he's literally not opposed to telling me if I should or shouldn't do something. Like he will tell me like, no, just stop fucking doing that. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. And this is where you should go. And I listen and I don't always listen when I hear the things that he says, but I always have his little voice chirping in the back of my mind each and every time I prepare an episode. And we actually had a conversation last week where we were talking about the success of the show and how he feels very fervently that it is because I am that big, bold, blunt, and overly unapologetic gay overshare-esque personality and am so open about my sexual encounters and sexuality and just comfortable with all of it. And really, at this point in my life, I haven't really shied away from anything. There's like not a whole hell of a lot left that I have in regards to like skeletons in my fucking closet that I haven't already said on this show. But then we got to talking and somehow we sort of I was bringing up some of the messages that I've recently received from listeners that aren't in what I'd like to call this cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble and are people from outside of the SF gay world. And I recently realized that a lot of these people who hear some of the subject matter that I talk about each and every week maybe don't understand it in the same mindset that I do and don't live the overly gay life that I do. And maybe just because I am so extreme in all the things that I say, maybe this is the real reason for the success of this show. So on this week's expose, I decided to go over a few things that I've talked about multiple times on this show that I kind of just do on my casual everyday life that to me is just so normal. But to you, it might be something so fucking out of the norm, and that is why you are enticed to listen in each and every week. So I really do honestly would like to hear, hear from you, the listeners, if that's the case. Is this why you're a fan of my Gay Expose podcast? Because clearly I'm doing something right, but I need to know, is it this or is it because I'm just so good at this? <laughs> just kidding. But I really do want to know for real, like, is this because that people who listen to this show don't live in something like a cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble and don't live their entire life wrapped around being so overly gay? Or is it just the sex shit? <laughs> I have to know. Also, third option, which I'd like to throw on the table, is that I'm actually just fucking good at this shit. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll leave that one off the table. But really, 
before we like hop into all the different things that I'm about to talk about this week, I wanted to bring up one point to this. And this actually, I thought about this after this conversation with this friend. And so I actually kind of befriended via Instagram a fellow gay podcaster who he and I started at the exact same time, like two years ago. Now, our shows are very, very different. I set to do my shit so over-the-top sexually explicit, and his was just a lot more serious and gay LGBTQ plus topics, and he had guests on his show who were like actual like professors of certain departments that studied in the LGBTQ plus world, and just very good shit, but like very different from the dynamic of what I do. And so while I have to admit that I don't listen to him every single week, I do chime in from time to time and kind of hear how he's doing and sort of want to get a feel for how he's evolving in the ways that could potentially similarly be my evolving process as well. So what... I think it was, shit, I want to say like a month ago, this particular friend. Now, again, really quick, just to overview, he is definitely living like in the South. So that's all I'll say. I don't want to reveal too much about who this is or what the show is because I don't want him to feel like I'm saying this because I'm, okay, well, you'll find out in a minute. But at any rate, he definitely does not live in a, LGBTQ plus friendly part of the country for sure. So his perspective and dynamic on gay life is far different than mine is, I have to assume, although I don't know for sure. But he recently, about a month ago, posted on his Instagram page, and I just happened to catch wind of it, that he was so over the top, like overwhelmed with like being so happy that he just reached his 4,000th listen on his show. Now, you guys, listen, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, which I actually kind of am trying to toot my own horn here, but I'm not trying to say this to say that I'm doing a better job than he has because, like I said before, it's like kind of comparing apples to oranges. It's not the same type of show. But he only is at 4,000 listens, whereas I am currently sitting literally like 127.8K total plays. That's 127 thousand, you guys. Yes, 127.8K total listens for this show. In the exact same time frame that it took for him to reach 4,000 listens, here I am this much far ahead in regards to the total times of plays that I've had on the show. And it's only been the same amount of time of like two and a half-ish, give or take, years. That's so Like, we're on two different ends of the spectrum on so many different levels. It's so crazy. And, you know, I'd like to take credit for the fact that, you know, aside from the subject matter, I do put a lot of effort in trying to make this shit entertaining. So I don't really know the reasons why my show's doing so well. But, like, seeing him post how happy he was that he hit 4,000 listens and how grateful he was really made me, like, finally for the first time realize, like, holy shit, Whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm doing in a very exceptional way. Like, my shit is, like, above average, for sure. And this is probably a big part of the reasons why I'm ranked 
14 of the top 100 best LGBTQ plus podcasts of all time. So it does make me wonder, is the fact that my life in my mind is so normal, but to others is not? Is it really the cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble? So let me go over some of the things that I do in my life on a regular basis that you may not fully understand as being normal to your outside of a big city life. And just as a full-on disclaimer for those of you who might be new to the show, I am actually like currently and have been for the last seven years living in the Castro District of San Francisco, otherwise known as gay capital of the fucking world. And so therefore, a lot of this shit that I'm about to talk about is really like normal to me. But to you, it might actually be fucking crazy. And I don't really even know. So you'll have to chime in and tell me what your thoughts are on each of these scenarios. But first up, we've got sex stores. Now, listen, you guys, I have to say sex stores are just honestly like going to the grocery store. It's really just the same thing here. This is just going in and grabbing your poppers. Like I remember when I first, the first time I went to a sex store in Sacramento, which by the way, they're so like 50-50 there. There's like, they're not really gay in a city like Sacramento. So like the fact that we have gay-specific sex stores that you could just walk into, like you literally walk into like, oh, I'm out of milk or I'm out of poppers. <laughs> it's literally very that. Like I remember the first time I did go to the Sacramento sex store, I had sunglasses on and my hoodie over my head and hoped to God that nobody I knew would recognize me. But the reality of it is, is I just walk in now like nothing. I remember this one, the last time I got poppers, I literally, it was the time that I bought the 10 bottles of poppers <laughs> for the, you know, the, uh, whatever the poppers episode that I recently did, the popper sommelier, where I actually hit all 10 of those brands of poppers live on the show. And that actually might be something that you would consider to be extreme or what, like the whole poppers thing for us here in the city, it's so fucking normal in this cute little cozy San Francisco gay pup bubble Sex without poppers is abnormal to most of us. And this is a conversation that I have had with my group of friends. So we're all thinking in the same way. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, going to a sex shop is just very that. And I remember the last time when I came out with those 10 bottles of poppers. And by the way, absolutely no fucking shame in my game when I actually had to walk up to that counter and say, Yes, I'll take 10 bottles of different brands of poppers, please, and seeing the look on the actual clerk's face. His initial shock was there, but, like, it it wasn't really that, like, shocking to him. You could just tell. But I remember walking out, and there was this couple that was very clearly not from SF. Like, again, we get a lot of touristy people in the Castro area because the Castro has so much gay history that many that come from all over the world do come and try to, you know, see all the history that we have here. And so I was walking out and they were just looking at me like they couldn't believe that I just walked out of the shop that had the huge ass dildos in the window. And I was just like, saw their faces. And I think I didn't understand why they were staring at me so crazy. And then I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. 
they're probably not from here. And they probably just were so shocked that I just so casually just like happened to walk out of the sex shop. And that is just honestly a big piece of this cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble dynamic. (laughs) It really is just very that. Back to STDs. Getting STDs here, you guys, in my little circle of friends is so fucking normal. You wouldn't believe. Like, take COVID out of the picture. The joke used to be that catching an STD is just as common common as catching like the common cold. Like, it's so fucking normal here. I can't even tell you on two hands how many times I've had either chlamydia or gonorrhea or sometimes even both. Like, more than 12 times, more than 15 times, probably. I don't know. But like I said, this is normal. This is so normal. Like I just went to meet with my friend um, because we had to go over some of the AIDS life cycle stuff that we're doing, um, you know, in the coming month. And we had to like get some of the paperwork shit out of the way. And he needed help and asked me to come over. And so as I was like sort of telling him to like, hey, I'm on my way. He was like, oh, oh, wait, wait, I'm, I'm not home yet. Like, and I was like, what the fuck? He said that he would be home at this time. When I got to his house, he just like started profusely apologizing for him being late. And he was like, yeah, you know, I went to the clinic and, you know, got sex tested and then I left and then they called me and said, hey, you tested positive for gonorrhea. So I had to go back and get my puppy shot. And it was just Like, if you were a fly on the wall that lived anywhere outside of the city, you would probably think that that was a crazy conversation. But to us, it's just, it's normal. It's regular. It's normal. It's like, meh, all in a day. (laughs) And like having sex with positive guys. So fucking normal. You guys, there are so many gays in the city of San Francisco that are HIV positive and undetectable. And I'm here to tell you, when a guy who is HIV positive and undetectable hits me up on Grindr and wants to have sex, I'm not turned off by that at all whatsoever. In fact, I'm going over to that guy's house to have sex. Because chances are... Actually, no, chances aren't. If they're undetectable, you can't get anything. And so that's actually gonna be a really hot bareback sesh and the idea that people don't understand this outside of sf still really to this day blows my fucking mind the idea of every guy being on prep here in the city like nobody understands this concept and it really just kind of hit me full circle when I just recently, and this is just at random, but I just recently watched the few seasons that they had on from Pose. And actually watching that entire dynamic of back then, back in the late late 80s, early 90s, when the idea of being positive but being undetectable actually could not be a thing yet because they weren't advanced enough to have medications and seeing all of the storylines with, you know, all the different gay guys that were getting AIDS and dying. It was crazy to like actually know that we are not even in that same mindset anymore. And that is just, it just blows my mind that people don't live in a world where if they got hit on by a guy who actually said that I'm positive and undetectable, they wouldn't understand and will block them. No, like that's not, I just, I, I just don't get it. And speaking of that entire sleeping with an HIV positive and undetectable guy dynamic, 
I actually recently went down for a, a Sacramento visit to see my son and like celebrate his birthday and hang out with my best girl. And of course, you know, as usual, every time I go down to Sacramento, I always check my grinder on a regular basis. And I actually stumbled upon this profile of a guy who actually put in his headline that he was positive and undetectable. Now, when I clicked on his profile, I actually just read through it. And he actually literally like word for word said, I'm HIV positive and undetectable. And what that means, and he literally like explained what that means. Like this is Sacramento. This is not anywhere where people should not be in the know, but he felt obligated to explain to whoever was hitting on him on his grinder profile that he was positive and undetectable. And he had to like school anyone who came across his profile that it was okay to have sex with him unprotected because it just blew my mind. I literally live in my cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble where everyone already fucking knows this. It's just, it's crazy to me. And then like sex parties. I, okay, listen, I get that having these huge orgy, like hosted sex parties with all the swings and everything that you could possibly think of in between is something that you might see out of like queer as folk. But this is actually a pretty regular thing here in the city. And while COVID has slowed a lot of that down, they're definitely, I'm getting invites for a lot of these events on a regular basis, even now. And it is a very common thing. Going to a sex party with like a huge orgy outcome is so very normal. And speaking of gay orgies, going to the local bathhouse like in the Berkeley area just outside of San Francisco, known as Steamworks. And actually running into friends there is a normal fucking thing. That's right, folks. You go in, you get a locker, you take all your clothes off, you wrap up in a towel, and you literally walk the premises of this bathhouse. And just, everybody fucks. It's normal. It's so fucking normal. It's like a Tuesday for all of us here. And like... I, you know, when I have catch-up sessions with my friends having drinks or whatever, we swap Steamworks stories. It's very that. So, like, I get that this is probably not something that you might encounter outside of this cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble. But here in the city, it's very fucking common. And open relationships and polyamory, I've come to recently realize might not be as common for everyone outside of this said cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble because here literally you guys every other guy that you see on your grinder grid is in an open relationship and they'll say very bluntly that they are like most guys here are either single and just fuck and don't really want to be in any sort of a relationship or they're in one of these open slash polyamorous relationships I actually have two separate friends that actually don't know each other that are in polyamorous relationships, one of which is in like a three-way relationship where all three of them are together. And the other who actually is just in a relationship with a guy who also has another relationship outside of, you know, them. So like, in other words, he's just with the one guy and the other guy's just dating two, two separate guys that those two guys don't have any sort of 
context. And I, I don't even think they know each other, truth be told. But like, listen, look at Bob the Drag Queen. Bob the Drag Queen is actually in a polyamorous relationship and is very open about having two partners and that don't have anything to do with each other. But like, he that's his life. He goes between each of their houses. That's just a very normal gay big city thing. It's common. It's normal. And I get that you might not understand it. But here, like, I, again, have multiple friends who either pursue the idea of this or are actually in something like this. And speaking of friends and sex, having sex with most of your friends is also equally as normal here in the city than really any, like, I have had sex at least once, if not more, with most of my closest friends. Not all, but most. And, like, I think I brought this up on the show before. There's been times where a good friend of mine and I would go to, like, a house party, and we had a little game, like, how many guys have you hooked up with versus how many guys have I hooked up with? It's, like, one big, giant pool of, like, blood brotherhood. (laughs) Like, it's very that. Like, it's normal. Like, my most recent ex openly admitted that most of his close, like, every, uh, he said every of one of his closest friends he's had sex with. So it's, like, very fucking normal. And then one person, actually, that kind of brought this to my attention first Someone DM'd me via Instagram after the slutty power bottom hoe bag episode and just could not believe that I carry that slutty power bottom hoe bag around with me all the time. Like this is, nor- I have friends who actually gave me this idea. So it's like, this is normal. This is common. And maybe it is something that is subject just to my cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble. But when you're not prepared to have sex and then that guy hits you up on Grindr, suddenly you have all the resources at your disposal to ensure a clean and hot session, even though you didn't plan for it to even occur after a long ass day at work and maybe something that you should look into having for yourself. (laughs) Oh God. So yeah, That's very much a thing here. So this is actually something I didn't realize was very common here that I don't think is very common outside of the SF world is none other than the fetish world. You guys, a lot of guys have some sort of a fetish here. It's just a normal thing. And this is probably one of the only cities that I've ever been where most of the gay community openly flocks to the Folsom Street Fair or the door alleys that we have each and every year. Those festivals that are like very S&M leather driven are just filled with people doing some of the most extreme things. And as I've talked about so many times on this show, listing some of those extreme situations, to me, seeing all of that and all of the naked and nudity and all of it is just so normal. And I get that not everyone gets that, but this is just something that I've come to terms with the fact that it is, I don't even look. And speaking of naked and not even looking, there's this group of older men here in the Castro area that actually are fully naked. And I don't really even know what they are or if it's like a club or I don't, I don't understand the dynamic of what it is. And they get completely naked and just have these little 
like cock ring things that they put around their dicks and like it has like a cloth that just covers over the head or the penis so that like nothing in that regards is showing and they just they're naked but here's the thing you guys a lot of times san francisco is fucking cold so first of all i don't know how they do that shit but also i see them so often and so regularly that like i don't even like look twice like it's just common it's normal and i remember having to explain that to my son for the very first time and he was a lot littler than he is now when he first caught wind of it but let's just say that was a very interesting conversation that merited a strong cocktail shortly following <laughs> but like one of my other close gay friends who just moved to san francisco like before this last meeting that we had they we were sitting at one of the local restaurants here in the castro and they just happened to walk by and he was just like couldn't believe himself couldn't believe himself he like he was laughing his eyes bugged out of his head he was just like i was like yeah you haven't seen them before like that you haven't seen that oh okay yeah so so that's that <laughs> it's just it's it's I, it's the fact that i am numb to s- stupid shit like that is pretty kind of amazing if you take a step back and think about it like I try to put myself in like the shoes of people outside of the city outside of my cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble but like it's hard to when you just are so used to it and so accustomed to it it's all just so normal I you just have to understand so whether or not you not understanding my life is the dynamic of the success of this show or if it's just how I exude the subject matter on the show, <laughs> I might never know. But at any rate, please chime in. Send me a message. Call on, in on the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. And leave me a message and tell me your thoughts about what you think about this crazy, cute, cozy, little San Francisco gay bubble. we learn today boys and girls ladies and gentlemen gays and straights tops or bossy power bottoms gender fluid and non-binary bisexuals and lesbians transgender and questioning well i'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot or listen at any rate i hope you now fully understand that when i say my cute little cozy san francisco gay bubble and how oblivious I am in my gay, everyday ritualistic routines in life, now you can fully understand what it means to live in something like a cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble. And honestly, I like, I'm going to take the time to sort of explain my gay life a little bit more in detail now that I know that many of you out in the My Gay Expose podcast world aren't as gay as I am in regards to like going to the fucking sex shop, buying a bottle of poppers, just as casually as you would walk into a grocery store and buy toilet paper. (laughs) But I just want to hear from you, the listeners, like what the fuck do you think about my cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble? Like, is there something in your life that you feel is a little bit 
more on the extreme side of gay life? Or is there something that you would consider part of your ritualistic routine that would be in my cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble? Give me a call at the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in, leave a message, tell me all about it. Oh, God. And with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars, follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out the official show website, MyGayExposePodcast.com. And there you'll find any information that you need to know in regards to the show. And don't forget to check out the latest piece to the My Gay Expose podcast family. The official show merch line, Bossy Power Bottom Wear at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. And pick out your next piece for your upcoming gay or pride event. Uh, And don't forget to join us next week for another messy salacious and relatable episode with me exposing my gay i'm ronnie washburn and i will welcome you into my cute little cozy san francisco gay bubble next time Expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Productions.